Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today our guest is Frederick, the CEO at Lido. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you, Christian. Very nice to meet you. Please tell us what your company does. So Lido solves basically quite a fundamental problem in, in online marketing, and that is that it's quite easy to drive traffic to your site. It costs money, we know that, but it's quite easy to drive traffic. Uh, also, it's quite easy to create quite good content. So you can see from your Google Analytics or today that you have lots of traffic and the traffic is actually interested in your content. So congratulations, you have traffic and it's actually interested in what you do. And then sort of if you think about marketing automation, your email automation, it's probably not as easy to set up. People are struggling with it, but it's sort of quite straightforward. So once you have it in place, you have marketing automation, you have email nurturing and so forth. The problem that we realized with Lido is that once you get people to your site, once they are interested in your content, very few actually give you your email address, their email address. And because of that, your marketing automation or your CRM is basically empty. So you have interested people, but they don't convert into leads. And that's what we do. We are a lead conversion platform. Okay. How does it work? How do you get the emails of visitors? Yeah, very good question. So uh, we started the company in 2018, five, five years ago, and the sort of carrying idea behind the product immediately was we took inspiration from traditional chatbots. Uh, mm -hmm. They were quite useful and they were quite common in 2015 already, 2017, 18, but they were mostly used for customer support. You think about intercom and Zendesk and these kind yes. of things. They answered your frequently asked questions. And usually they are from the lower right-hand corner, they pop up and or, or you click on them to pop up when you have a question. We thought that can we somehow use the same thing, but use it from a sales and marketing perspective. We created something that's called the in-page bot, which is sort of embedded inside the content. It does not pop up, especially on mobile. People don't like that too much when it pops up. So, but when there's in-page and embedded in the content, it's actually talking about the content itself. We also created sort of visual, highly visual calculations and and sort of uh, bots that could send, then sort of give you answer and talk with you. And turns out when the website is interactive, when it's personalized, it knows a little bit about you. It doesn't talk about the same thing with you as with me, because maybe you, maybe you have been to the site 10 times. I've been there only once. So it's yes. personalized. So then it turns out that people start interacting with it more. And it also turns out that when it then asks you that, hey, this would on average cost you this and this much money in this industry that you're working and in this use case, would you like to talk to a salesperson to get a personalized quote from you? It turns out that 40% more in the beginning left their contact information with our customers. Today, it's up to 70% on average. Some companies get hundreds of or even thousands of percentage, but on average, we increase it with 70% today. And this is sort of, this is how it works. There's much, much more underneath. There are loads of data and things that you can do to personalize your advertising, to bring in the right kind of ICP customers and so forth. But in its essence, it's providing a lot of interesting content for you, interactive content for you, and not sort of uh, annoyingly popping up. It's actually embedded somewhere useful for you as a website visitor. So turns out if you help people <laughs> online, they actually like you and then they want to do business with you. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing and you did it in a fantastic way. I wanted to know the top three features of the platform. So um, that's a very hard question. So it's a combination of very many different things. I think in-page bot in itself was, uh, it, it was and is still a very good, good feature. Personalization, mm -hmm. uh, even sort of uh, 
as easy personalization, have different pages talk about different things. If somebody is looking at the pricing page, it shouldn't be talking about the same thing as somebody is looking at integrations page. So talk about different things. Also, as I mentioned, like uh, we know that which company you're coming from. So what size is your company? What is the industry personalizing with that? Personalizing with your own behavior. What have you told about yourself previously? Wh which advertising source did you come from? So the personalization is very, very key as well as the uh, sort of uh, that part. The third feature I would say is advertising. Advertising is quite hard because we are often playing with blended numbers. So we are maybe seeing in Google ads for Facebook uh, business uh, center that, that uh, we get 500 conversions, but we have recruitment conversions. We have PDF downloads. We are people saying, I want to demo. These are three completely different conversions with different values. Yes. And even if we give them like pound values, it doesn't really show the real value. So being able to turn that data cube and looking at, hey, I want more recruitment candidates. Oh, looks like they usually come from this and this sized companies. They come from Facebook more often than LinkedIn. Maybe I should do a Facebook advertising campaign targeting this and this sized people in, in this and this industry. Well, well. Really great. And who is your usual client? What are the use cases of the product? So the use cases are increasing leads, increasing more commercial discussions. We have a really tight focus and that's where our customer success is built for as well, that your company needs more leads. You have website visitors, you're happy with that, but you actually want something from that as well. And usually we are talking with marketing people, usually sometimes also with salespeople. You know this traditional clash between sales and marketing internally. Sales thinks that marketing doesn't do enough and marketing thinks that sales doesn't do anything with the leads that they are getting. We try to bring them more closer together because they actually get more leads and they can see where the leads have come from. People are much warmer as leads when they come in as well. And you can qualify them, but based on what they have answered, what they have told about themselves, what we know about them from behavior and so forth. And what is the pricing for your platform? So as it's actually online. You can look it up on leadoo.com, L-E-A-D-O-O.com, and then there's the pricing menu. But roughly £10,000 per year is sort of the average annual pricing. And can you start monthly or do you have to start yearly? There, there's only an annual subscription. Yeah, I understand. What do you say are the most common integrations that you see? So integrations usually to marketing automations and CRMs, and mm -hmm. usually both even, or quite commonly in, in, into both. Some integrations into ATSs, if there's a recruitment uh, use case. So mm -hmm. it depends on that. We have a very flexible integration platform built in with 300 plus integrations with everything to REST APIs to Salesforce. Most common, common ones, Dynamics, Salesforce, HubSpot by far. Those three are the most common ones. I understand. And how competitive is your space? And how do you differentiate? Were you the first one to create this uh, solution? Let's say. Yeah, that's a marketing is probably the most sort of competitive landscape. You you know this sort of uh, uh, marketing pictures of ten thousand different software in the marketing space. Our focus really is, and I think we're the only one who can prove that we are focusing and actually delivering value in the conversion part. So not the advertising, not the website, not the marketing automation, but tying all of those together and the CRM also. Yes. So we have two-way integrations into CRMs, into marketing automation. So we can pull data from the CRM and say that, hey, looks like you are, uh, you are talking to this and this salesperson already internally in the company. We can alert that salesperson even. But sort of competition-wise, uh, 
there could be a lot. I mean, traditional chatbots, they don't really do that much. Traditional sort of uh, uh, website analytics that tell you which companies have been on your website. They only tell you that somebody from KPMG has been on your website. Who do you call? Like the switchboard at KPMG. Yeah. We can we can tailor your uh, sort of experience on the website because we know that you're KPMG and your industry. We can also alert the salesperson that hey, you have a deal worth a hundred thousand pounds in uh, in your CRM with KPMG. Somebody from that company was just looking at your pricing page. Maybe you should start calling them. So there's a lot of competition, but I think we are the only one who are sort of focused on this conversion part holistically. Amazing, amazing. And how did you find the problem? How, how did you come up with the with the idea for the company? Yeah, this is an interesting sort of story. Uh, me and sort of my founding partner, Mikhail, uh, we were talking about, so I was living in the States during that time and working with enterprises. He was living in Finland working with SMBs. And we saw that both companies, regardless of location or size, they had the same problem of quite easy to get traffic quite hard to convert that traffic into actually interested people who tell you that they're interested. But okay. it's at the same time, we saw that there are a lot of interested people. Like, did you do, if you do employer branding, you can see that a lot of people are interested in you as an employer. If you do like traditional marketing with content, you can see that a lot of people are reading your content and blog posts and PDFs and so forth. But pretty much nobody leaves your contact information. And if you compare this to a brick and mortar store, if you walk into a brick and mortar store that sells clothes, for instance, if you have 10,000 visitors and one person buys it, you wouldn't be happy. Now we have 10,000 website visitors and somehow we're happy that it's one. And then we're super happy when it's two or three or four people out of 10,000 that leave their contact information. And that's twisted. I know it's not the same as brick and mortar, but still, it's still twisted that it's so far apart, the amount of interested visitors and conversions. Amazing. Well, and you are the co-founders? Yeah, so there's a couple of founders in the company, yeah. How yeah. big is the overall team right now? Sorry? How big is the overall team right now? The whole team is 70 people, roughly. Okay, so you scaled pretty fast. Did you raise any money? Mon yeah, money? we raised two rounds, so a seed round and an A, a round so far. And, and sort of location-wise, the team is uh, divided between four countries. So we have Finland, where we are founded, Sweden, uh, UK, and Spain in Malaga. So we are four, four locations. And what do you say was your biggest challenge since starting the company? <laughs> There's been so many challenges. I mean, um, but uh, things that we have done really well is getting the product out pretty quickly and also getting customer feedback uh, out. So. There's like as in any kind of startup or scale up, there's constant amount of challenges and that's the fun of it really. So, so it's a different challenge every morning, even when you wake up. But what's one mistake that you can share with us or one key learning that you got from, from the experience? Yeah. I mean, um, treating geographical locations and countries the same and scaling very rapidly into several countries at once. And that's a big, big problem we made in the beginning. We, we sort of built a big team in both the UK and, and Sweden early on, and uh, we didn't really know what we were doing in the in the early days. And also, of course, Corona and COVID hit during those times, so it didn't yes. make it easier either. So it was sort of a double wham for that. But definitely doing this again wouldn't scale into two markets at the same time and not really sort of uh, researching the markets well enough in advance. But at the end of the day, this, I mean, the outcome is awesome. So we're very happy with the learnings from those exercises also. So 
Thank you. I appreciate the transparency. I'd love to know how you found your first customers. Uh, outbound calls. I mean, that's the best way. That's basically a, a giveaway also for sort of uh, any other one call, listening in, in on this call as well, that if you wait for marketing to drive interest, you're going to wait for very long and it's very anonymous. If you reach out to people and talk to them, they will tell you if they're not interested. And even if they say that they're interested, but don't put up their money, you will know that they are actually not interested. So actually talking to people and asking for a deal is the best way to know if you're building something meaningful and if it's actually solving a real problem. Absolutely. And also then customers will come to you afterwards. It's easier for them to pick up the phone instead of churning. They will pick up the phone and yell at you if, if it's not, if they're not happy. <laughs> so. Of course. And today, what do you see is the most successful go-to-market strategy for getting new customers? So, um, in the, there's different stages for different companies. I'm, I'm pretty sure as well. So, yes. and different things work. So I think the, the most successful criteria for us, and I would thought, say to anybody is in the early days, talk to people as much as possible. So you get direct feedback and even sort of as a technical founder, being part of those discussions so that you know what you're building. Uh, later on, you want to switch more into product-led growth and, and sort of marketing-led uh, uh, parts. In the marketing part, uh, first going into venues and exposed is a really good way because then you're not only talking one-to-one, -one, you're talking one-to-many. It's yes. not at the same scale as true advertising and online on SEO and, and so forth, but it's still a larger scale. And you, But you still have the benefit of seeing people's reaction when you interact with them at the booth or at, when you're giving a speech and, and so forth. But that's definitely sort of scaling up in pieces and having that human aspect in the beginning so that you actually know what you're solving is meaningful. I love it. Thank you very much for sharing. It's a great piece of advice. Now, can you please share with us the future vision of the company? So uh, we want to be the largest lead conversion platform, but sort of uh, for, for me and you as a website visitor, what does that actually mean? It means that we find solutions faster. So if you go to any website today, pick a SaaS company, pick a big like enterprise company, pick a small small local business, their website is just menus and menus of different content. It's very hard to find, like, how does it work for me? Our sort of vision is real that you can find your solutions a lot faster. And of course, AI has its role in it. So a lot of people are talking about large language models and, and chat GPT and so forth. Uh, the challenge with those is that they usually talk about anything at all. But if you're looking at a local business that sells heat pumps, it's not meaningful for it to start talking about uh, the best pizzeria in Milan, for instance. So we want to narrow down the discussion area into the meaningful part of what you're talking about. We also want, from the business's point of view, we don't want the chatbot to continue talking forever and ever and ever. We want it to come to a conclusion and ask for contact details so you can get a deal. So these are the two main things where sort of AI plays a very meaningful role in our journey forward as well. Great vision. I'm rooting for you. Now on the personal side, I'd love to know how you started your career and if you can share with us your full story. Yeah. Okay. That's going to take a while. <laughs> so um, I have a double master's degree, studied computer science and then economics afterwards and uh, sort of founded my own company previously that we sold in, in 2015 to a Norwegian company called Visma. A uh, couple of years in the US in different uh, sort of deep tech uh, companies and, and the machine learning and 
basically my whole life in all of these deep tech and high tech companies always been on the go to market side, the, the sales and marketing side of things. Now I get to sort of live and breathe that because we are actually building tools for those sales and marketing people. So that's in a nutshell, at least. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. What's your favorite SaaS product that you use apart from Lido? Uh, sorry, come again. What's your favorite SaaS product that you use apart from Lido? Your favorite software? SaaS products, uh, heavy user of Slack internally. Uh, Google's products like Google uh, Workspace and, and, and Drive and, and, and so forth. Looking at my, my doc here at the moment, I mean, those are, the, those are the tools that I use voluntarily. Of course, sometimes Zoom and, and Teams as well, but they're driven by customers or somebody external than, than myself. Those are the things that I at least can come up with quickly. And do you have any advice for people looking to start the social selling? Uh, do it. It's interesting, definitely. Uh, you learn. It's, it's sort of somewhere in between one-to-one -one and one-to-many uh, sort of uh, marketing slash, slash sales. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I did it for a while. Uh, don't have too much time for it uh, today, but it's definitely something that's worth keeping up. So if you're thinking about it, just reach out. It's not a big deal. I mean, <laughs> you can't really fail. <laughs> so Yes, I agree. I totally agree. Is there anything else that you want to mention on today's podcast? Uh, People listening into this one and, and sort of thinking about starting their own SaaS company, I think it's the most exciting time to start new companies and, and be in the SaaS business. And also, if you're listening to this and thinking of maybe I should get more uh, results from our, from our my own website, maybe you could reach out to Lido.com or me directly from my LinkedIn profile as well. So happy to help. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. You did fantastic. And yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>